You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got Peter Watts joining us in the studio. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. It's great to be here again. And good to have you back again. Peter, today you'll be continuing your series, The Apprenticeship. Um, But before we get into that, what have you been up to this past week? Well, a variety of things. But in the last week since we uh, sat here and, and talked uh, last week, um, I visited two people who were over 100 years old. In fact, yesterday, uh, I dropped in uh, to see a lady. I had a birthday card for her. It was her 100th birthday yesterday. And I'd just like to say, Doreen, if you're listening in, happy birthday to you for yesterday. That's a big milestone. It One, is. 100 years. And, yeah. then, um, and then last week, well, a few days earlier than that, I went round to see uh, a friend of mine, and his father was there. And his father was 105, and that's Jack. And so <laughs> we, we must uh, produce them to, to uh, live a long age in, in Tasmania. It must well, be a good place to be. <laughs> well, I don't meet these people every day, I can tell you. That's why I mention it this week. But sometimes it's quite interesting, isn't it? Um, 100 years, that is a major milestone for anybody to reach mm. because, of course, most don't. Mm. Um, and yet, in comparison to what God's plan was for humanity, uh, it's just a speck. It's, mm. um, you know, just uh, a, a small amount. I mean, even if you compare it to some of the ages of the people who lived in the, the book of Genesis, um, lived up to, to nine, I think before the flood, the average age of all the people that are given there uh, was 912. And so when you think of 100 years in that kind of context... It's, it's a small it's, number. It's a very small <laughs> number. And so it just sort of... It, was, it demonstrates to me, I suppose, number one, how we sort of uh, are quite impressed by people who live 100 years, and so we should be because most of us don't make it. Mm. Um, but at the same time, how little that is in comparison to eternity, mm. which is actually what God has on offer for us. And though, yes, we may sleep for a little while, uh, but when Jesus returns and the resurrection occurs, uh, then we have eternity to look forward to. I've got to ask uh, this question, Peter. When you were visiting these two people mm. who had uh, lived a long time, yeah, did you ask the question, what was their secret What's to their living secret? <laughs> such I, a long life? I was life? talking to, to this lady, Doreen, yesterday, and uh, she was, because I said, you know, have you thought about it? Have you reflected on the fact that you know, because uh, you, you'd seen, uh, you'd see an enormous amount of change in the last century, wouldn't you? Mm. You know, if you would live that long, and um, she was just, just saying how grateful she was. So certainly, uh, a believer in God. Both of these people actually uh, were believers in God, and um, you know, she was talking about uh, just how grateful she was for all the experiences she'd had, all the people that had contributed to her life. Um, just just being alive, she was just you know happy to be alive, and um, of course you know the the alternative is not not uh, not that great. So being alive is great, but I think sometimes we take life for granted, mm. and uh, you know it's very easy to mumble and grumble about a variety of things. Uh, but you know, and there's that little song: count your blessings, name them one by one, and uh, there are so many blessings that we do have from being alive. Peter, uh, 
last week we talked about the topic of confession mm. and uh, just want to remind our listeners that we're working through um, a book, our series, this uh, this apprenticeship series is based on a book called Steps to Christ. Yeah. And uh, you can get a copy of that book if you haven't got it already. You can uh, get a copy, and I'll give you the number. This is a text number, 0488 880891. Uh, text in the code STEPS1, that's and the number 1, to get a book, uh, a copy of the book Steps to Christ. It's a little book, and that's uh, the basis of our discussion mm. um, for the next or uh, maybe another eight weeks or so. Yeah, a few more weeks. So we, um, we're basically looking at a chapter each week and um, just trying to, to present that in, in uh, as, as simple language as we can. But we would encourage people to, to get the book. When we talk about the apprenticeship, we've explained this uh, in the earlier parts of the series, we're really talking about the discipleship. Mm. We're talking about becoming a disciple of Christ, steps to Christ. How do we do that? What practically do we have to do to be a disciple of Christ? And uh, we've, we've called it the apprenticeship because essentially we are learners, uh, we are trainees, we are, um, you know, students mm. of, of Christ as we come uh, to follow him. So that's what it's all about. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening to, for the first time, you don't have a copy of the book, 0488-880-891 and text in steps in the number one, no spaces, to that number and uh, we can get a copy of the book out to you. Uh, and of course, if you want to go back and listen to our past episodes, you can do that on the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au. Search for the Tassie Encounters program and you can find all of our past programs uh, to listen back to under the apprenticeship. Now, Peter, what have you got for us today? So today our program is called Fully Engaged, and uh, I guess we could have uh, named this a variety of things, fully committed, fully surrendered, uh, but fully engaged, uh, being all in with God. And uh, the the chapter in the book that this corresponds to is called Consecration, and it basically means just giving yourself all to this one effort. You know, sometimes we look at people um, in sport or maybe in entertainment or even in business who are fully committed they they're driven to a particular goal mm. uh, and they they'll you know sort of sacrifice just about anything to get this goal and um what we see in in the spiritual realm that, that that's true too that we want to be fully engaged with god there is a um a passage in jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. it's actually a great passage i might get you to read could we read um this is going to mess you up, Jason, because right. I didn't prepare for you T- for this. Tell me what it is. 29, 11 to 13, because I think it's well worth looking at that. Um, no worries. Because we were going to just read verse 13, but it seems a shame not to read 11 through 13. Let's do it. So version. Uh, this is uh, from the King New King James Version. Verse 11 says, uh, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And that's thank you very much, Jason. I love those words. It's a great mm. promise uh, of Scripture. It's one of my favourite passages yeah. in Scripture, isn't it? You know, it, it, it <laughs> talks about God's intentions towards mm. us. You mm. know that He intends good, not evil, towards us, and that's very important because when we're talking about the character of God, and we talked a little bit about this in in chapter one, I think, of this series. Where, you know, why would we ever want to be an apprentice? Why would we want to follow God? Well, because he wants good for you, mm. not evil. 
He has good plans for us. And um, and it's that last uh, little line there in verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And this is interesting because it's almost like God is saying, do you really want me in your life? Or are you... Sometimes we treat God like a credit card and we'll pull him out when we need to pay for something or we will pull him out when we just, you know, need him. And then we put him back in the pocket um, and and he's kind of serving our our needs or our ends. Yeah, and I've spoken to a number of people too who um, I guess are exploring the idea of Christianity. Mm. And and one of the reasons why they do that is because they think they believe that uh, exploring Christianity might bring them prosperity. Yeah. And uh, and I guess you could read that a little bit in, from this verse, but yes. do, do you think that's what it's actually saying? Well, I think we have to examine our own, our own motives. I mean, often mm. we'll ask the question, what's in it for me? Mm. And, uh, you know, there's the certainly, when you're talking about what God offers, there's certainly something in it for us. Mm. But we also uh, have to think about, well, what do I need to let go in order to be able to embrace that? Mm. And we're going to talk about some of that through through today's episode. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, you know, if you think about it, you God's talking about everlasting life. He's talking about um, giving us forgiveness for the past sins. He's talking about giving us meaning and purpose in the in the present, hope for the future. And All of those sense, things, sense of peace. Yeah. So, mm. so when we ask the question, "What's in it for me?" There's certainly plenty in it for us, but not but, not necessarily, uh, you know, a couple of million dollars in the bank. Well, no, that's <laughs> right. But also, those things don't come to us without us wanting them in other words so what what we find in the gospel story is that we've been separated from god by sin we've talked about this before and god is wanting to reconcile us but we've got to want that too god is not Mm. going to force that reconciliation upon us and so um that that's one of the things where it says you'll seek me and find me when you seek seek for me or search for me with all your heart Mm. in other words if you think about god the concept of god God has to, in order to be God, he's got to be number one on the list, Mm. right? Whoever, if God is not number one on our list, then whoever is or whatever is number one on our list, that is God. So in other words, it's that which we value the very most. And God is saying, if I'm going to be God to you, I've got to be number one on your list. And if you're searching with me for me with all your heart, then uh, that's when you're going to find me. And that is a struggle because... There is an internal warfare, which we're going to pick up a little bit. We're going to think we're going to have a, a bit of a break and have a song. But we want to talk about the, the fact that we have this battle going on within our own minds, between the ears, uh, because there's a part of us that wants to pull away from God and, and live completely independently of him. And then there's the other part that recognizes our need of him and a desire to reconcile with him. Mm. Well, let's uh, go to a break. Before we do, we might just ask a question of our listeners. What characters in the Bible can you think of who are fully engaged with God? And what prevents you from being fully engaged with God? If you've got some thoughts on that, we'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488880891. This is Called Me Higher by All Sons and Daughters. I could just sit I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel. 
Cause you 
You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM. And this morning we're talking with Peter Watts on the topic of being fully engaged with God. Before the break, we asked you a question. What characters in the Bible can you think of who were fully engaged with God? And what prevents you from being fully engaged with God? Text us in your answer. We'd love to hear from you. And the number to text us in is 0488 880891. Peter, before the break, we were talking about uh, the internal struggle that we often have um, with our relationship with God and that God wants us to voluntarily surrender to him. Um, we're also talking about, I guess, uh, you know, the fact that God doesn't force his will on us. So sure. And let's, I said, let's delve into that a bit more. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is John 8.32, which says, uh, and you shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. Mm. And God is, and I've, I've experienced that, and I love that verse, and I, I love the fact that God is a God of freedom. Mm. And we don't always think about it that way, but that, that's exactly what it is. And sometimes I think that we wish he wasn't in the sense that um, God does give us the freedom to choose. And we're going to pull up a verse in a minute from Joshua that talks about that choice. But um, sometimes I think we wish, look, God, just take me to heaven, uh, make me do the right things, uh, and, and, you know, just do it all for me. Mm. And, and, of course, God does many, many things for us and provides the power for many, many uh, of our choices. But... The choice has to be ours, and and he is a God of freedom. So he will not forcibly take us out of this world. He won't forcibly take us to heaven. He won't force us to live with him. You know, that would be kidnapping, right? And um, But what God is trying to do, he's trying to say, uh, I want you to live with me, but I want you to want to live with me too. Hmm. And, um, you know, that that choice is ours. In uh, Joshua 24, 15, I think you've got there, uh, that there, Joshua is reminding, Joshua is at the end of his ministry and he's reminding the children of Israel that there's a choice in life. Mm. And uh, maybe you can read that. And uh, this is uh, New King James Version, Joshua twenty four fifteen says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All right. So here he's laying out before the people. Uh, they've been traveling around in the wilderness for 40 years. They've now entered the, the land of Canaan or the land of promise. And uh, he's about to, you know, come to the end of his ministry, come to the end of his life. And he's just reminding them, which I think is interesting because you might think, well, they've already made that choice, haven't they? But he's reminding them because this is a daily choice that we, that we make, mm. that we are we going to serve the Lord or are we going to serve other gods? It's also interesting in that passage, nobody serves nobody. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, we get, we're always going to serve something. And, you know, this battle that we talk about really is the battle that everybody faces and that everybody is fighting. And it's the battle within our minds to either uh, yield to selfishness which is the essence of sin, or we yield to God's plan, which is a selfless plan. When Jesus came into this world, we saw an example of the character of God in human form, and Jesus lived a selfless life. Mm. And uh, that's what we are called to. Um, Society works when we live selfless lives, when we're serving others, when we're living for others, when we are, you know, contributing to the lives of others. 
society works well when we live for ourselves, when we're selfish and we take, but we don't give. That's when society uh, becomes um, more broken down, and and, and uh, that you know when we're talking about God's society, that's the mm. way it's what it's built on. Would you selfless love? Would you say that? Uh, I guess it's a it's a bit like um, a level of maturity, a level of spiritual maturity that uh, uh, as we grow spiritually, mm. um, we tend to let go of those other things that hold us back from having that relationship with God with like is it is it a level of of growth that like does God want us to grow spiritually to let go of things sure. that, that uh, are holding us back yeah so well today's episode is called fully engaged mm. and so I think that that's what we want to grow into and I think this you know the sooner we get there the better for us you know God is patient God is kind He's compassionate. He understands the circumstances of our lives. He knows where we've come from. He knows what examples we've been surrounded by. He knows the habits that we've formed over many, many years. Um, and so God is compassionate and he's patient. But he also knows that letting go of those things um, enables us to live a more selfless life. So, mm. in, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the fact that God doesn't want us to give up anything that is of it to our benefit mm. that that's not what god wants sometimes we get that impression i think that god he wants to take away all my toys well i think i think many people have that perspective particularly if they haven't uh, really tasted um, genuine christianity they, mm. they have a perspective that christianity is just about a set of rules yeah dull and, and you boring can't do and this you can't do that you right. can't do this yeah <laughs> and so uh, it doesn't seem like a life of freedom when you've got a list of right. rules yeah but in fact god says I will set you free. Yeah, and if you you know if we went to sort of uh, an extreme example, you know, if 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 I said uh, you know the God of the Bible says no heroin or no cocaine or no child abuse, uh, you would say, oh, okay, that's okay, hmm. you know, um, because we would say yes, we don't want those things, or we recognise those things that when they're in society, they they produce very negative results in society, hmm. and so we wouldn't have a problem with God saying no to those things, and so. God only, um, you know, wants us to release, get, let go of those things that are separating us from him. We talked before, I think it was uh, Isaiah 59 verse 2, where it says our sins have separated us from God. And then, of course, in I think it's Second uh, Corinthians 5.20, where it says that we have been reconciled to God uh, through Christ. So, you know... Again, we've been separated by sin, but Christ's trying to bring us back together. That that of necessity means that we must have to let go of some of those things that are separating us from Him. Mm. You know, we we then this is the it's almost a, we're almost in a bipolar spiritual condition where on you know one, one moment we're wanting separation from I want my freedom from God, and then we recognise how much we need God in our lives as well. So it's that tug of war. Um, that we have in the mind about wanting to go in a direction away from God that might seem uh, more natural to us because we we might be naturally selfish, mm. you know, to begin with. But but God is calling us to higher ground. He's calling us to uh, a, a connection and a relationship with Him that, of necessity, must let go of that separation. And so uh, this is the dilemma we face. And I think, you know, we're going to talk in our final segment, I think, about how do we do that? You know, how, how do we actually uh, maintain that connection with God? 
but I think that um, when we're thinking about the fact, because it's very easy to look back and say, you know, I haven't made it yet. I, I'm, I'm still struggling with these things. Well, the struggle is a good thing if a struggle is a sign of life. You know, you see a body in the water and they're struggling. Well, that's good because they're still alive. If you see a body in the water and it's completely lifeless and there is no struggle, it means it's died already, you know. And so sometimes a struggle is a sign of life as opposed to a, a sign of something negative. Um, you know, there's a verse in uh, Philippians 1, 6 that I think uh, you had up there. I'll get you to read that because it's a really encouraging verse to me. It says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is an encouragement to me when we, we think about that struggle where we're struggling to want to give our hearts and lives to Christ uh, or whether to go our own way or, or go the way you know that, that we've been encouraged to by, by maybe somebody else. Um, and yeah, this verse just reminds me that God is still at work in me. He's still at work in you. He's still at work in the at work in the lives of our listeners, and that if we haven't, you know, finally uh, achieved that complete harmony with God, uh, don't give up. Uh, God's not going to give up on you. God's going to continue to work in you to try and bring that about that harmony uh, that we can walk in His ways and uh, spend eternity with Him. Yeah. I guess uh, we'll go for another break. I know that there's there's more to talk about on this there uh, is. on this topic, there but is. Um, I've got some questions for you, so we'll we'll come back after the break with that. Remember, our listener question: uh, What characters in the Bible can you think of who are fully engaged with God, and uh, what prevents you from being fully engaged with God? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we have had a couple of answers to that, which we'll share. After the break, we've also got an amazing uh, book offer today, a free book offer. It's called Amazing Grace, a Bible study course, and we'll give you more information about that as well. This is uh, I Surrender All by Caleb and Kelsey. Oh, to Jesus I surrender all to
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And we're talking this morning with Peter Watts on his series, The Apprenticeship. And we've been talking about the topic of being fully engaged with God. Um, Now, before the break, we asked some questions about... um, how or who who in the Bible, uh, from your perspective, uh, you believe were fully engaged with God, and what prevents you from being fully engaged? Uh, we've got David from Western Australia who says that Jesus was fully interactive with his Father, and a great example for us. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus, I think, would have to be the best example of someone who was fully engaged. So that's that's what the apprenticeship is really all about. It's becoming a, an apprentice of His or a disciple of His. It is because yeah. uh, he is our ultimate example. Now, Peter, um, before the break, we were talking about uh, the need that uh, we we've got to surrender things, we've got to give up uh, some of the things in life that um, hold us back or disconnect us from God. Um, also, I guess the question comes to mind is, you know, can, can we um, be engaged with God? By following, I guess, a set of actions, by being religious mm. in our approach to it, you know. Sure. If I go to church every week, if I make sure that every week I give so much money to poor people, and, mm-hmm. you know, is that the way that we can uh, be fully connected with God? Yeah, this is a, uh, a, a question really about um, faith and works. Mm. And that is that, you know, the Bible tells us we're saved by grace through faith. In Christ, uh, and yet, you know, this this whole conversation of what role do works play and where do they come into it, and it's certainly possible to read the Bible and to look at some of the things that God tells us to do and to say, well, if I do those things, then uh, that, that puts me right with God. And I think it's very important, you know, going back to the, I think the first verse that we talked about, well, the first passage that we talked about in this uh, presentation, where we talked about Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, you will seek me and you'll find me when you see, search for me with all your heart. And I think that's uh, there's a clue there because this is really about a relationship. Mm. This is really about a relationship that God wants to have with us, and that He hopefully we we want to have with Him, and that we. We want to do his will. We want him to do his will in our lives. We want to do his will in our lives because we love him, because we can see that it's the right thing to do. We can see God's incredible love for us, not only in creating uh, us and giving us these principles and boundaries uh, by which to live, but also because we had transgressed those for dying on the cross for us to, to come and sacrifice himself in order that we might live. So it's our response to that that says, you know, God is the right way. Uh, God, God, you know, knows what's right and what's wrong, and that's why we want to follow that, because we see that this is coming from a heart of love. And so we, it, it is about relationship, and so um, it's not wrong to do those things. It's simply what's the motivation for doing those things. And, um, you know, God wants us to... Um, I mean, there are, there are two extremes, I suppose. On the one hand, you become very legalistic and you, you do all the right things without the relationship. And on the other hand, we can have this very sentimental view of love, which is, oh, I love God and love God loves me. And God loves me unconditionally. So it doesn't matter what I do, God still loves me. 
Well, that is actually true. God still loves you. But that doesn't mean to say he loves everything I do. Mm. Uh, And he also recognizes that perhaps some of the things I do are not only destructive to the relationship between me and God, it may be destructive to relationships between me and other human beings. Mm. It may even be destructive to my own life. And so God understands this. And so God wants to to live in harmony with the principles that he taught uh, because they are good for us. They're good for society and they're good for others. They're good for our relationship with him. So it sort of comes down to uh, a motivation as to why we give up certain things and why we do certain things yeah. is not uh, to you know, earn our, our salvation, it's not to earn our way to heaven, it's not to earn our uh, status with God. Mm. It's, uh, it's out of uh, a sense of love for him. Yeah, and, it's and a I response. We, yeah, it's a response. And I guess we only can have that response when we get a glimpse and an understanding of what he's actually done for us and what that means. Yeah, and, and, and we, again, what his motivation is, and then mm. that, that allows for our motivation. You mentioned that before, that the, you know when we uh, choose to do something good rather than something bad, it's not as a part payment for what has been done for us because that's already been paid for. God is, I mean, from our perspective, we're living here in, uh, you know, the 21st century. Jesus died on the cross a long, long time ago. He, he made that sacrifice a long time ago, so it's already done. So even before we were born, Jesus had made a pay, payment for us. Mm. And so uh, that's not what it's about. But I also think that as Christian believers, the more we get to know God, and I think that's the crux of the matter, is that we have to get um, into this relationship with God. The more we get to know God, the more we'll want to reflect his character, the more we'll want to understand the principles of the heavenly government and and the principles of paradise. Um, So in other words, we're we're not looking for the lowest standard. You know, I think the unconverted heart uh, will often say, well, what's the least I have to do in order to get to heaven? Mm. Whereas I think the converted heart asks the question, God, what do you want me to do? Mm. Uh, and it's not a, there are no limits. You know, for the converted heart, it's, Lord, what would you like me to do? And even to the point, and we could use an extreme example, of uh, God saying to Abraham, take your son, your only son Isaac, up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him to me. And Abraham is, is willing to do that, believing that God could even resurrect Isaac. Now, of course, that was God was not going to have him do that. And he says, the angel tells him to stop and says, take that ram and sacrifice it himself. In other words, Christ was going to be the sacrifice. He stood in our place. But the point was that Abraham's not bickering with God as to how much he's going to give God. Mm. You know, he was willing to do whatever God wanted him to do because he understood that whatever God wanted him to do, that was, you know, God's will. And, and he wanted to do God's will. And this is the thing, I think, in the converted heart, we don't say to God, you know, tell me what the lowest standard is for getting into heaven and I'll just scrape through. No, it's it's what do you want me to do, Lord? And uh, we so want that, to follow So him. that's a bit of a checkpoint, I guess, or, you know, something we can ask ourselves is, am I reluctant to give up? Am I reluctant to serve? Am I reluctant to do these things? Yes. And ask yourself the question: Well, what, you know, what what's that reluctance all about? Yeah. Um, because ultimately, when we when we have the relationship with God that is based out of love, that reluctance uh, should be 
either yeah. non-existent or very minimal. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's interesting. Sometimes I talk to people who are Christians and who uh, are trying to find the will of God for their life. Mm. Um, and, you know, and I say, well, you know, think about if you think you're being impressed to do something you don't want to do. It's probably from God mm. because our selfish natures sometimes resist wanting mm. to do things. And, of course, so long as it's in line with Scripture. That's, that's right. Yeah. That, that's the big thing, mm. you know. Is, is this consistent with Scripture? Mm. Maybe we'll read a passage in uh, Matthew seven twenty-one to 23 yep. where in this um, conversation about, you know, uh, are we following Christ? Do we believe? How does that affect how we act and, 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 you know, does faith produce works? And um, on the other hand, you know, if we are doing certain things, does that automatically make us a Christian? Mm. Maybe read this passage that Jesus spoke. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So a couple of things, well, a lot of things in here, but a couple of things that he says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, but those mm. who do the will of my Father in heaven. And then at the end here, it says, uh, you know, people might say, well, I've done all of this and I've done all of that. And he says, um, I never, never knew, knew you. you. Yeah. Now that... That's a very uh, striking sentence, given that other passages in the New Testament say that he, he knows the numbers of the hairs of your head. He knows everything about you. So for him to say, I never knew you, what does he really mean by that? Well, he's not talking about the details of your life. He's not talking about how high you are or you know where you live. He knows all those details. What he's saying is, do we have a living relationship? Do we know each other as friends? You know, do we have that heart-to-heart connection? That's what's going to matter in the end, and that's what motivates us to do the will of the Father, to practice, um, you know, obedience to the law of God. It's motivated by that love relationship. Mm. Peter, we've got uh, another break coming up, but before we go to that break, we've got our book offer to tell our listeners a little bit more about Amazing Grace, a Bible study course. This is by Elizabeth Vieira Talbot. The human race, buried under sin with no possibility of eternal survival, could only be rescued with help from above. The Saviour of the world came down to rescue his children, and the scriptures are filled with joy and excitement, for salvation has been achieved for all who accept his plan. And he is coming back to take his children home. Yes, we have a master rescuer who gave us his gift of amazing grace. We'll give you the code for this book straight after the break. This is Naoma Moore with What the World Needs. Thing remains 
more with what the world needs and uh, you're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing up our program today with Peter Watts on the topic of being fully engaged with God before the break I gave you some information about our free book giveaway today the amazing grace a bible study course 
And the code to get that today is STEPS number 5, S-T-E-P-S, and the number 5, no spaces. Text that into 0488-880-891, and uh, you will be able to claim that book, and we'll send it out to you as soon as we can. Now, Peter, key points for today. Um, we've been talking about quite a few different things, but mm. uh, how do you want to finish up our program today? Well, I was just thinking about uh, the title for today's episode, which is Fully Engaged, mm. and, and the idea that we want to be, if God's worthy of our worship, if he's worthy of following, if he's worthy of becoming a disciple or an apprentice, um, then we want to be fully engaged in that. We don't want to be half-hearted. You know, it's got to be a full commitment, and because that's how you're going to get the most out of it. You're going to get the most out of that relationship, I guess, with most relationships. You know, a lot of relationships... You're going to get more out depending on if you put more in, mm. you know. And uh, it, it's this is not a one-way street. God, God is uh, fully engaged with us, or wants to be fully engaged with us, and uh, you know He wants that living relationship. I, I kind of think about, um, you know, we we began by talking about the heart, and you'll you'll search for me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Sometimes there are aspects of our heart that we don't want God to get to. You know, there might be dark areas in our life that we haven't explored ourselves because they're too painful or, um, you know, that God that God wants to sort of access to. I sort of figure um, it's a little bit like an illustration. You know, if you had a very important person coming to your home, um, let's say the Queen was coming to visit, um, but the Queen shows up with an apron and a broom, um, and you you sort of marvel at that, and she she wants to come into your house, and you might show her into the nicest room in the house, but she said, uh, "I'd like to go into this cupboard," and you know that you've crammed all your garbage into that cupboard, um, and she said, "Well, I came here to clean," and uh, this is really essentially what Jesus does. He's the King of the universe, but he wants to come into our hearts to clean every aspect of them, and and those little corners of our heart that maybe we haven't uh, experienced to the light for quite a while because they're too painful and too dark Jesus said those are the very areas that I've come to clean and uh, and this is what I think it means to be fully engaged is to fully allow God access to our lives he has fully exposed himself he's fully um, revealed who he is through the person of Jesus Christ and uh, he wants to have that um, transparent relationship I guess and be fully engaged and and uh, like I said, when I was uh, an atheist, my notions of God or my notions of people's notions of God would be that, well, God's a killjoy. He's going to take away my toys. He's going to take away things that I enjoy doing. Um, and really, that was a denial of the fact that I was you know, selfish in terms of my own desires. But But if you think about it, God is not a killjoy. God simply, the only things that God wants to take away are the things that kill joy. And, um, you know, the, the, we, we, we often think about, uh, oh, he doesn't want me to drink or he doesn't want me to smoke. He doesn't want me to have illicit relationships or whatever, whatever. But the end of those things is always pain. Mm. You know, it's always struggle. It's always disease. It's always, you know, uh, it, they're not, they, they don't end well. And, and God wants us to um, be free from some of those pains and struggles in our life. And so... Uh, you know, it's fascinating in John fifteen 11. I'll get you to read that, Jason, as we're going along. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. 
What an incredible thing for Jesus to say. He wants his joy to remain in us, but he says that your joy may be full. Mm. He wants you to be joyful. Mm. He wants me to be joyful. And I, I can testify, of having been an atheist for half my life, that um, my, my life is far more joyful as a Christian than it ever was as an atheist because I know that there is a remedy for the mistakes of my past. There is uh, forgiveness and comfort and restoration for all those things that, that went wrong in my life. There's a meaning and a purpose for my life today. There's a hope for the future. Um, and I'm, it's not just uh, a series of beliefs, but I'm interacting with the person who created the universe on a daily basis. And that's an amazing thing. You know, I get to talk to God through prayer. He gets to talk to me through the word. And I think this is important to, to emphasize perhaps at this point is because how do we fully engage with God? How mm. do we connect? I was um, going to ask that question. So yeah, how, do we, okay. how do we do it? Because right. how uh, do we do? it doesn't um, always seem easy. It doesn't always seem easy. Now, I think a lot of, I think one of the reasons why it doesn't seem easy is distraction. Mm -hmm. So I think that when we talk about fully engaged, we want to communicate. You know, if I wanted to talk to a long lost relative in the UK, which is where I came from, then best way to do it is to attempt to make communication, right? Make and contact. And you probably wouldn't be watching the TV at the same time. Yeah, so that's right. And so uh, actually we have this very experience because my mother and brother uh, often Skype uh, with us every week mm. and they're on the other side of the world. And of course we're not doing other things while we're doing that because we want to focus on maintaining that relationship. The reason we talk to them every week is I haven't been to England for about four years now because of the pandemic and whatever. Mm. Mm. And this is our own, our main means of communication. Yes, we can pick up the phone, but it's much better to see the person. And so we can have these video calls where we actually get to talk to them face to face. And it's not perfect. I wish I was there. I wish they were here. But it does help to maintain that relationship. And, and so the importance of prayer, talking to God, reading the scripture, allowing God to talk to us, and then engaging in conversations with others about that person that means the most to us. Um, those things, I think, are vital in order to uh, maintain that relationship, strengthen that relationship, and uh, help us to become fully engaged. So it's, uh, it's not just about you know, a brute force approach, you know, like... No, grin and bear it, yeah, grit your teeth. Or, you know, through my own <laughs> strong will, I can do it. Yeah, grit your teeth and I will do the right thing. There's, the, I guess there's that sense of genuine searching for God. Yeah. We, we started off with that. Yeah. And a surrender. Yes. To allow God to actually change our hearts. You know, not... not can, can we change our own hearts? No, we can't. Mm. That's the thing. I mean, we, we, we will not be able to do the heart surgery ourselves. But thankfully, Jesus is the, the chief heart surgeon and he can change our hearts. And I think, you know, as we focus on him, as we focus on his life, as we focus on the principles of God's word, that enables the change in us because it's about that relationship. Mm. What have you got for us next week, Peter? So next week we are continuing this journey on the apprenticeship, which is really all about a discipleship journey with Christ. And next week's uh, episode is called Faith and Acceptance. And we'll unpack all of that as we come back next week. Awesome. And, uh, of course, tomorrow we have Tabitha and Daniel Mateo 
continuing uh, his series. He's talking about uh, how, how we study Scripture, and tomorrow's topic is who should encounter Scripture. So uh, do join us tomorrow at 9am for uh, Tabitha and Daniel, who will be talking on the topic of who should encounter Scripture. Uh, remember our free book offer today, Amazing Grace, a Bible study course, and the code to get that is steps number five. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um wherever you are today, we just hope that you've enjoyed the program. We uh hope that you've got some value out of it and we hope that you um feel closer to God as a result of, of listening today. May God bless you and this is Which Way Will You Choose by the Forbes family. As the world becomes entwined in the lies from Satan's mind, a leader will arise to take the reins. Saying love will bring us peace if you put your hope in me. Renounce the name of Jesus or be slain. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose As the masses take his mark Believe a lie to chill their hearts They'll know the time has come The seal of faith Those who claim to the cross Will refuse and pay the cost As God redeems his own From the sea of hate Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.